judgment. We condemn in the name of Jesus. God, we bless you, O God. You said enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Can somebody lift up your hands and give God a praise? Give God a praise. Give him a worship because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the conquering lion out of the tribe of Judah. Father, we bless your holy name. Father, we glorify your holy name. Hallelujah. Can I just get the drums for the monitors, please? Father, we magnify you. We glorify your name. We glorify your holy name. We magnify your name. There is none like you. Can I just get the drums and the monitors, please? We bless your mighty name, Jesus. We glorify you. We glorify you. We magnify you, God. You are worthy. 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 You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. Come on, somebody clap your hands. Somebody shout hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. Wandering into the night. Wanting a place to hide this weary soul, this bag of bones. I try with all my might, but I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly treating a bag of bones. Just for now, and not a Cause he healed my heart, he changed my name, forever free, I'm not the same, I thank the master, I thank the savior, I thank God. Come on somebody give him glory, shout hallelujah, yeah, I can't deny what I see, got no choice but So, so long to my old friends, burden and
get up, get up on the night grave. You say, come on, get up, get up, get up, get up on the night grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up on the night grave. One more time, get up, get up, get up, get up on the night grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up on the night grave. Get up, get up, get up. Come on, wave your hand. Come on, wave your hand. Somebody shout hallelujah. We praise your name, Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. Somebody give him glory. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. Love endures forever. Love all things. Come on. Sing, pray. Sing, pray. With a mighty hand. No such arms. It's love endures forever. Oh, the life that's very born. Love and us forever. Sing praise. Sing praise. Sing praise. Sing praise. Forever God is faithful. Forever God is strong. Settings up his love and us forever, and by the grace of God, we will carry on. Love and us forever, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise.
This is the sound of breakthrough. This is the sound of breakthrough. Open your mouth and shout. If you didn't dance, you missed it. If you didn't praise, you missed it. If you didn't shout, you missed it. Let me tell you something. You don't miss a moment like this. Because when the king is in this place, the king comes with all authority. And his train shall fill the temple. Come on, somebody. Can you just worship God? Because you're not just dancing for breakthrough. As soon as you leave this place, you're walking in a different dimension and a different level of thinking because your breakthrough is right here. Somebody's about to receive their crown again, your smile again, your laughter again. Come on, open your mouth and release a prophetic sound in this place. Shout! Shout! That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Close mouth, don't get fed. Don't get fed. When the eagle is in the nest, every eagle gotta open their mouth. They said the early bird got the first one, but this morning I'm too early. I'm early for my blessing. I'm early for my praise. Somebody put some fire on your altar and raise him. Hallelujah. 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 Musician, just give me a second. Well, give me a second. I want somebody just to inhale and exhale. Ah. Watch this. As you exhale, you exhale in watch this every doubt. You exhale in all the frustration, all the anxiety. Hallelujah. As you exhale, because watch this, you can't come in his presence carrying weight. You gotta learn how to release stuff. Because the king is here. Who is like you, Lord, in all the earth? Matchless love and beauty, endless world. Nothing in this world satisfies. Jesus, you're the cup that holds. Oh, oh, oh. Hey. 
Something is breaking in the atmosphere. Somebody's getting a release. Somebody's getting a miracle. Somebody's believing God. Yes, yes, yes. Go deep in the Lord. Go deep in the Lord. Go deep in the Lord. Yes. Splendor, the splendor of the splendor of a king, clothed in majesty. Let all, let all, let all the earth rejoice. Let all the earth, let all the earth rejoice. He wraps, he wraps himself.
choir is about to present to us song. I want to welcome all of you to the house of God. Turn to your neighbor and say welcome. Welcome to the house of God. It might be cold outside, but it's hot. God's hot and fire. He's on here. He's ready to do some great things. So we welcome you to God's house. If you're here with us and you're new to us, new, we welcome you. We're going to have you stand in a while. And uh, I want you to remember what God has done for you and what he is about to do. I welcome our television audience around the world. We welcome you this morning. For those of you who are watching us from our social media, we welcome you this morning to the house of God. And so we pray, give me a little bit more oomph in this. We pray that God continues to bless, move, and direct. Amen. Amen. There's a miracle, there's a miracle before you leave this place. How many of you know we can't dwell on last week's miracle? We got to go for a new one. What an amazing service you had here last week. What an amazing worship. What an amazing message. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for it. Amen. Thank you. Minister Imran, what an amazing message. Amen. It's good to know that when you leave your pulpit, God can still move. And he does not need me to move. He just needs everybody to come together. And we are going to celebrate the goodness of God. And we have a report for Jamaica in a while, not right now. But I want to present to you Sister Kim and the choir. They're going to sing for us. Praise the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Salvation and glory. Salvation and glory. Honor and power unto our God. Do you believe what you just said? Come on and give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your name. Bless your name, oh God. Everybody. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Salvation and glory. Honor. Honor and power unto the Lord our God. For the Lord our God is mighty. Yes, the Lord our God is omnipotent. The Lord our Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Salvation. Salvation and glory. Honor. Honor and power unto the Lord our God. For the Lord. For, for the Lord our God is mighty. Yes, the Lord. Yes, the Lord our God is omnipotent. The Lord.
Hallelujah. If you believe that the Lord has wonderful things for this new year to come, come on and give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Can y'all just sing? this morning what a what an awesome God he is what an awesome God he is hallelujah well I want to thank you uh, this is a good mic thank you this is a good one the last one was like half way amen <laughs> or didn't get it up you know when you hold a mic you know what's the power. That last one was feeble. Don't let me use that one anymore. Amen. Or they didn't have all the things up there. I welcome you to the house of God. The children's ministry can make their way. If you're in the Sunday school children's ministry, make your way up there. We have different classes. Thank you so much. I welcome you to God's house. For the coldness that's outside, the Arctic freeze that we feel as New Yorkers in New York, it's close to, what, 10, 15 degrees, but it's hot in here. Amen. And you came out in good numbers this morning. Amen. Amen. Come on, you need to give yourself a round of applause. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're visiting with us for the first time, second time, we want you to stand. We want to give you a great welcome. If you're here visiting with us for the first time, second time, come on, let's give them a round of applause. Amen. All across this place. Come on. Keep standing. Keep standing if you can. All across this place, number of people in the balcony, wherever you are. Amen. Come on. Give, let's give a good, sharp thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. We welcome you to God's house. And those of you who have been coming and you've been here for a few weeks, I thank you for making this a place where you're considering making it your, your church. Many of you have watched us across the world of a spectrum and then you come and visit. And uh, it is a privilege to have you, uh, you could choose a lot of churches, but thank you so much for choosing here. Amen. Really mean that. Thank you so much. I have a few announcements I want to make, and then 
the folks who went to Jamaica with me, I'm going to ask uh, just to them to spend a minute or two to uh, just uh, tell us a little bit about that. I know you want to hear about that. But let us put up, uh, I want to welcome my good friend, Dr. Scott Camp. Uh, let's put the flyer up there. Amen. Come on, he and his wife, Gina. Amen. Would you guys stand? Let, come on, let's give, let's give them a great round of applause. Dr. Scott Camp is uh, an evangelist and uh, well-known throughout the country. He's a good friend of ours, and uh, he is based in Africa. Amen. A lot of people want to be based in America. He's based in Africa. Him and his wife are giving their life to the folks in Ghana and in West Africa. And for that, we're thankful. And you're going to hear from him this morning. Amen. Now, let's go quickly. Donation letters. Donation letters. Last year, we printed hundreds, even thousands of donation letters. And only 10% of the people says, we want it. We want to give a donation letter to everybody. But for the first set that we can get to, if you need your donation letter, let's say right away, by the end of this month, by the first in February, you need to do it for your IRS and everything. We want you to tell us that so that we don't go with the hundreds first and then we miss. So we want to, we want to be able to get it to you. And there are a few ways you can tell us I need it. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need it. I need it. <laughs> Amen. Well, it doesn't mean that you need it, but I just mean just repeat that, right? So if you are, if you're desirous of getting it right away, and we would like, even if you don't desire to get it right away, we want to get you one. So uh, you can still put it in and say, I, I don't need it right away, but it would be good for you to get it to me. So there are three different ways. You go to the lobby and place your name, not the name that they call you, the name that you use when you donate. So if they call you Joe, but your real name is uh, Ramesh Prasad, don't say Joe wants it. We don't find his name. If you're under Ramesh, then say it's Ramesh, and list your name, and put your telephone number, and an email if you can, and just leave it in the lobby under that, or uh, at the back, I believe, but at least the lobby, they will be doing that for donation letters. Or if you don't want to leave your name in the lobby or in uh, the Welcome Center for that, you can go straight out and email us. Go straight out and email us at lbfcny at gmail.com and just say, need donation letter. That's all. That's all you need to do. Just send an email to that, and our staff will be able to say, we will get that to you. Or, if you don't want to use the email, you don't want to say it in the, in the front desk, call our 800 number, 800-314. Yeah, 313. No, it's 314-1760. I made a mistake. 314-1760. Call our 800 number. And they'll be able to, at the bottom is really the right number. I don't know why they have there. But anyhow, you'll call and say, I need that. And that. so those are three ways of doing that. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, we got it. We got it. Amen. And then cell groups, connect groups. We are starting that the first week of February. Am I correct? First week of February. 
We've had 16 to 18 groups last time. This is a very important part of our church. The message that is preached on Sunday, you meet in a group by Zoom. You don't have to leave your home. You meet in a group by Zoom and discuss the message. Now you get an opportunity to spend two, three minutes or whatever regarding how the message impacted you and what is your thoughts on the Word of God. This allows the Word of God to stay in your heart, not only for the Sunday morning service, but the day you meet. So, those who are already on the Connect group, you need not say it again. You are grandfathered in for the next session. All right? Turn to your neighbor and say, we're already in. Now, if there is an adjustment that needs to be done, you will make it with your group leader. This is for those who are brand new to our church. We've had hundreds of brand new people walk through our doors in 2023. It's continuing on in 24 in January. We want you to be part of the Connect group. We want you to be part of our cell group. Pastor, do I need to be a member? Pastor, do I need to be here for a while? No, you do not. You could be here for this week only and come in and join that cell group. We want you. We do not need you to say, I am going to be a member of Liberty for the rest of my life. No, no. Just join in to be part of that time to study the word regarding the message. So there is two ways at the back after service and in the lobby. You can sign up for it. And there are groups that meet. It meets for about 40 minutes on Zoom. And about 8 to 10 persons are in there. You don't have to be worried. You'll get to know people. And uh, they meet on Sunday evenings, Monday evenings, Tuesday evenings, Wednesday evenings, and Thursday evenings. And the, rate, the time ranges from like 6 to 8 or whatever. They'll tell you more. But if you're new to church and you've never or you weren't in the last groups, please sign up. If you were in the last group, they're going to sign you up. Amen. So thank you so much. One more thing. Uh, this week, this is the third week of fasting and praying. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say you're looking Amen. good even though you're fasting. Yes. Amen. Now fasting means you're going to give up of something that you like. And of course, there's many t different things. Tomorrow from 7 to 8. We meet in the sanctuary. We have not met in the sanctuary for the last two weeks. This is the third final week. We meet in the sanctuary. And then we close it off around the altar. It's a great time around the altar of prayer and dedication before God. 7 to 8, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We're going to be here in the house of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And then turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to be here. I know that, though, that I, you got to you listen to what I'm saying. I'm going to be here at least one time this week. Turn to your neighbor there. Tell them that. I'm going to be here more than one time this week. Uh, all right. Let, let's try it. I, I'm, I'm going to try to be here at least one time during the week. Can you turn to your neighbor and say that? Neighbor. Neighbor. I am going to try, I'm going to, try to, be here to be here at least once this week. Once. All right. That sounds good. Amen. Thank you so much. Finally. Finally, we're going to have a breakthrough service. Amen. The last day in January, the 31st, it's a Wednesday, not this Wednesday, the following Wednesday, the 31st, it starts from 7 o'clock. 
is going to be a breakthrough time. Deliverance, celebrating the Lord. I want you to come and bring the sick, bring the afflicted. It's going to be awesome. The 31st of January, a breakthrough service on Wednesday night. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. We had a great time in Jamaica. And uh, I want to tell you this, that I went into Jamaica thinking I will go in and come out back quickly. But Jamaica was one of the places I have never seen such response to the gospel. You know, it's the place where sometimes you feel, man, let me go in and come out. Man, the worship, the response to the word, I have not seen that in a long time. Except liberty, of course. <laughs> the way they, they just soaked up. You, do, you make three sentences, they're shouting. Man, they're into the word. They're into the worship. Amen. And uh, thousands of people came. And uh, then they said to me, Pastor, are you ready to come back for a stadium? And I was not thinking about that. And I says, if God wants us to do it, we're going to be vessels to do it. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so they're talking about a stadium event for 30,000, 40,000 people in one shot. To make a statement to Jamaica that Jesus is still alive and well. To make a statement to the Caribbean that Jesus is alive and well. And so you should be proud of your church to be able to be vessels, to be used. And this will help Liberty because now folks from Jamaica is going to say, where's that church that that came and did all of that? So I want you to know that uh, I told some people, I says, during this season when God is allowing us to be vessels around the world, We have to be humble, but we also have to be very understanding that the timing of those seasons, there's a closed door. There's a closed window, and it would not happen all the time. So when God leads, you must follow. Amen. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need the church to keep some noise this morning. All right, so here's what we will do. I'm going to call Jonathan. Jonathan was with me. I want to tell you Jonathan is a great son. And, uh, yeah, you could clap a little better from that. Amen. Thank you, Jonathan. He, he leaves everything and comes to the work of the Lord. And uh, he is a busy young man uh, with different things happening, but he believes how important this is. And I believe it helps him to grow. Him and the team came with me. Let's give it up for Jonathan, and then we're going to hear hallelujah. Hi, good morning, church. Good morning. It's great to be back in Liberty. Um, we don't like to miss Sundays, but last week, as you guys know, we were in Jamaica. And um, I would like to call Kamal and Christian up, too, one time, so they could give their report. But um, it was such a powerful time. Being in Jamaica, normally when we go, it's for vacation, but this time we went for ministry. And the people of Jamaica, they are so expressive and receptive when it comes to the Word of God. Uh, There's pictures showing of the tent we are under. They call it the big tent. And uh, it could house about two to 3,000 people. But you could just feel something different when you walked into that, the ground, in a way. You could, you could feel like it was saturated in prayer and in fasting. 
You know, you could just say God is good and that place is erupting. All right? And you could, when you step into a place, you could tell if the people really know the word of God. They're reciting scripture. They're speaking the word of God. As you're preaching, you just feel God moving. And as you're preaching, people are manifesting. Demons, you're not even laying hands on them, but they're being manifested. And God was moving powerfully. The anointing was there. And most importantly, lives were impacted. Lives were touched. People found Jesus who didn't know Jesus. So I just want you guys to know you guys are all a part of this. All of you physically weren't there in Jamaica. Liberty is a part of that movement. So you need to give Jesus a round of applause and also yourself. Now, liberty is not only a place here that we could just come and worship, but we're internationally and just seeing the, I believe it was Saturday night, they had a youth conference and just seeing the youths are just crying out for God. And the youths are being saved and they're coming up to the, the, the altar just crying their heart out and God, we need more of you and stuff like that. And I do pray that a revival will break out in Jamaica and that's what they've been praying for. Amen. Um, yeah. As Pastor Joe just mentioned, that they want to do an event at the National Stadium. Um, they could fit about 35,000 people. So they're looking to do it this year in 2024. And uh, they don't want to bring a big name. They just want people to come just because of Jesus. The biggest name in this universe, the biggest name on the planet, just draw them to that stadium and have a revival in Jamaica you know, normally when people do these big events, they have bring in a big artist or a big, a big preacher, and there's nothing wrong with that. But they just want people to come just for the glory of God to come down in Jamaica. So hopefully that will happen. That will happen this year, and um, we'll make announcements for one of that 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 date that date is set. So um, my report is that Jamaica is powerful. It's great. It was great. A great trip. These trips are always refreshing when you go. Um, you deal with so much here and just, you know, with work and everything else. But when you go on these trips to really impact lives, it does fill you back up. So next trip, I hope, hope you guys can make it too. Well, that's my report. Thank you. It's good to be back. I would like to call on, um, Christian and Kamal. You guys can put your hands together for them. They brought down the house. They brought down the tent actually in Jamaica. So you'll hear from them now. Well, praise the Lord, Liberty. How are y'all feeling this morning? You can do better than that. How are y'all feeling this morning? Ah, oh, the fire of the Holy Ghost is in this place. Amen. I want to greet you this morning, and I want to greet you well in Jesus' name. Um, the way how I see it, we were not just on a mere mission trip, but we were there like David, fighting the Lord's battles. Amen. We were advancing God's kingdom agenda, and I'm here to report nothing short of a resounding victory. Praise God. This morning, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to share the great move of God right there in Jamaica. During the time in Jamaica, we had the privilege of partnering with uh, two mega ministries to hold an impactful leadership conference. This conference brought together leaders from all over Jamaica. And there were leaders found in various churches and organizations. 
we were able to share knowledge. We were able to share insights. We were able to experience a truly inspired and wonderful move of God in that conference. The conference was a powerful time of learning. It was a powerful time of collaboration and encouragement. And we believe that it will have a lasting impact on the local church and the leaders there in Jamaica. In addition to that, we were, like Jonathan said, we were able to hold uh, three nights of dynamic uh, crusade events. And I tell you that uh, these crusade events were filled with powerful worship, inspiring testimonies, and passionate preaching of the gospel by Pastor Joseph, Jonathan, uh, Pastor Basio, myself, I shared, and Kamal. And we witnessed firsthand the transformative power of God. As many responded to the message of God with hope and salvation. And one particular moment that stood out to me is when Jonathan was preaching, I was able to see the glory of God in a tangible way. And midway his preaching, he was preaching and proclaiming powerfully. The Holy Spirit fell on the people there, amen? And I saw young people all over, they were running, they were crying, they were weeping, amen, and the Holy Ghost filled them. And, you know, that really, I said, like, wow, that's really life-changing for me because I've never witnessed that in my life. I know there was an account in the book of Acts when Peter preached the gospel. It says the Holy Ghost fell on them. And I saw that by the preaching of Jonathan. And so we were truly amazed. And it was a really life-transforming experience for me, Kamal. And I want to thank you, Liberty, for your support, your sponsorship. Your prayers it really uh, help us in a tremendous way to minister with boldness, with courage, and with the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm looking forward for what God will continue to do in that nation. And let's continue to pray for them. In Jesus' name, praise God. Amen. Good morning, Liberty Church. Uh, this mission trip was very impactful. And I believe that uh, something great is going to happen among the life of people in Jamaica. Uh, their life is not going to be the same. Amen. I see the, the, their spirit uh, and the Holy Ghost move all over the place. And uh, these people are very receptive, like Jonathan said. And uh, also, I remember like uh, seven years ago today, when Joe started, hope is rising. So I don't know at the time what's the reason behind that. So he started with, a, with an aim to to, to fight against poverty in, in Guyana. So now th that slogan has been expanded all over the world. So I see the impact from, from, from Jamaica. And uh, over 1,200 people attended the, one of the sessions we call it Tent Revival. Uh, I see the people are very spiritual and powerful. And I, I'm really motivated and I'm encouraged by that. And uh, definitely, so the Liberty Church has become a soul station. And also, yes. Liberty Church, I will call this church as a, as a spirit-moving hospital all over the world. Glory. Yes. Doctors cure disease among patients. Liberty cure the spiritual disease among their heart. Yes. And all credit goes to my pastor, Joe Prasad. Mr. Joe Prasad, I believe in your vision. You are a visionary leader, right? And your vision will take liberty to another level. And you are not doing it national. You are doing international. 
and you're doing a great job. And I'm really grateful for you. And I'm really grateful for, for taking me to this trip. And also, I'm thankful to Jonathan. And Jonathan and, and definitely Grandpa and the rest of our team for making this trip very successful. And I'm looking forward to the next trip. Thank you so much. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, folks. Let's stand together. What a great time. What a great time. Amen. My dad is going to say something at the end. Amen. Would you raise your hands? Prepare ourselves for the man of God. Oh, the glory of your presence. We your temple. So
Dr. Scott Camp comes, I remember just a week ago, a situation just like this. They allowed me to speak to the entire nation of Jamaica Sunday morning, last Sunday morning, one week ago. And I feel I was able to pour my life, my heart out with a message to that nation. I feel, Dr. Scott, as you come, you're not going to pour your, your message out only to what you see here. But there are going to be untold thousands that you're going to be addressing. And this could be an ushering in of a revival, not only in Jamaica, but a revival in New York, a revival in Ghana. He is my good friend, Dr. Scott Camp. Put your hands together. Come bring the word. I'd like for you to bow your head and close your eyes, please, all over the building. Those of you watching by television, watching online, I want you to join us in a great prayer of faith today. How many of you would be honest enough to say, Scott, I'm facing some challenges in my life and I really need the Lord to help me? If that's you, lift a hand toward heaven. Father, you see every hand in this place. And Lord, you know every mountain that needs to be moved in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for my friends who are struggling with their body physically. They've received a bad report. And Lord, you're asking us this morning, whose report will you believe? And we say we will believe the report of the Lord. And so, Father, I pray for healing in this place today. And all over the world, as people watch and faith begins to rise in their heart, touch the sick and heal them today. Father, I pray those who are struggling in their marriages, with their children, in their families. Father, I pray for a miracle of family restoration today. Lord, those who are struggling financially, too much month at the end of their money, and they don't know how they're going to pay the bills. But, Lord, we believe. Come on, church. We believe today that you are the God with all supply who is able to meet every need. And so, Father, whatever the problem is today, we know Jesus is the answer. Give us faith to believe today. And then, Lord, I pray especially for a friend here who doesn't really know Jesus. Lord, I pray you'd save every lost person in this room. Father, as we all come into agreement, you and your household will be saved. And, Lord, salvation will come to this place today. And we covenant to give you all the glory and all the honor for you alone are worthy. And we pray it in that mighty name. Say the name, church. Jesus. Say it again. The name above every name, Jesus. We pray it in Jesus' name. And the church said with great victory and faith in our voices, amen, amen, amen. And give the Lord a shout of praise wherever you are. Amen. And you may be seated. God bless you. It's wonderful to be back at one of our favorite churches and with one of our favorite pastors and first ladies and uh, just the whole family and the whole team here and staff. We want you to know we love you. You're in our hearts and you're in our prayers. 
as we're in Africa and all over the world. What an exciting church to be at. Honey, would you stand up and just wave to all these people and let them see how blessed I am? And then uh, Mama Gina, that's what they call her in Africa, is going to go say a word to the children. So someone, if you could help her uh, get to one of those children's classes. Thank, isn't she beautiful, by the way? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> We've been married for 36 years, and we're going to be in Hawaii uh, next week. I'm speaking at an apostolic summit. And they said, we need the voice of the evangelist. And so I'm going to Hawaii to preach to all these apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers. And then uh, I promised her that we would go to Hawaii on our 25th anniversary. But we didn't make it. Amen. And so how many of you know sometimes you get around to it eventually as the Lord provides. And so we're going to be there, and she's worried, you know, she's always worried about her weight. She says, you know, I'm putting on a little extra weight. And I said, well, honey, you know, I saw a recent survey that uh, married women tend to be a little more heavy than single women. Because you see, a single woman comes in at night, and she looks in the refrigerator, and she doesn't see anything interesting, so she goes to the bedroom, goes to sleep. But a married woman comes home, looks in the bedroom, doesn't see anything interesting, so she goes to the refrigerator. Amen. So that's what the survey said. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what it said. Take your Bible and turn to the Gospel of Luke, would you? Matthew, Mark, Luke. Finish this, these verses with me. For we walk by and not by. For without, it is impossible to please God. For that which is not of faith is sin. Do you know that verse? Now, I want to talk to you this morning for just a few moments about faith, because I believe there's a great expectation here in 2024, not only in our personal lives, but collectively as Liberty Church, as God continues to call you to launch out into the deep and let down all the nets. For a catch, I want to talk to you about faith. Luke chapter number 5 and verse number 8. And when Simon Peter saw it, there was something that Simon Peter saw. And when he saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees. And he said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man Oh, Lord. Now, we don't know exactly what Jesus was talking about to all the masses who had gathered that day like they did often in the life and the ministry of Jesus. Wherever he went, people thronged. They wanted to hear him because his words carried the power to transform their lives. 
And so wherever Jesus went, great multitudes would follow him. And on this particular day, the Bible says that he was gathered at the lake of the Sea of Galilee, the lake of Genesaret, and there were so many people who gathered to hear what he had to say. We don't know exactly what Jesus was saying. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly what Jesus was saying. But I think he was probably saying the same kinds of things that he always said. I think he was probably talking to them about the kingdom of God. About the fact that the age to come had broken into the present evil age. And that all the promises of God for salvation and restoration and healing and the 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 overcoming of the power of the devil had begun to manifest themselves in his own person. As the king stepped into time and space, he brought the kingdom of God. And so Jesus talked about the reign of God. What would it be like when God rules and reigns among his people? And then I'm sure that Jesus talked about faith. He probably talked about God in such a way that these people had never heard before. Because you see, the rabbis and the religious teachers and the professors of that day made God seem so distant and so angry and so far away. But when Jesus talked about God, he called him Father. And he said that we could call him Father. And he said, if our father takes care of the flowers of the field, how much more will he take care of those who trust him? He said, if our father notices every time a little bird falls from the sky and comes to the ground, if our father cares about those birds, how much more does he care about his children? Amen. So Jesus was preaching, teaching, The crowd was growing to the point where the Bible says that they were literally pressing him into the sea. And so Jesus, in a moment of spirit-led inspiration, got an idea. The Bible says there were some boats there and And the fishermen who had been fishing that night were in the boats. And they would later become full committed followers of Jesus. One of them's name was Simon Peter. And they were washing their nets and cleaning their nets and and rolling up their nets to store away until they would go out the next night and go fish again. And when Jesus saw one of the boats, he said, Simon, I have an idea. There's so many people here. They're literally pushing me into the sea. Here's what I want you to do. I want to get in your boat and I want you to push it out a little bit from the seashore so that it can be kind of a floating pulpit and I'll preach to the people from your boat. That's a good idea. Amen. Simon stayed in the boat and they launched it out just a little bit and they pushed it out and Jesus kept on teaching. And you know, I can see Simon Peter there cleaning his nets and Coiling up his nets for that evening fish, fishing expedition. And I, you know, Simon Peter loved Jesus. And he was, I'm sure, listening intently to the message that Jesus, the teaching that Jesus was giving to the people. And I can see Simon Peter in the boat saying, Amen. 
You know, saying amen to a preacher is like saying sick him to a bulldog. Amen. I mean, you just, the more we amen, you amen us, the better we like it. And so Simon Peter was saying, yes, Lord. Amen, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I've never heard anything like this. And so Jesus went on and on teaching. And Simon Peter there washing his nets and mending his nets, saying amen. And then Jesus' sermon came to a close and the people began to disperse. And Jesus looked at Simon Peter. And he said, Peter, did you like my message today? And Peter said, oh, yes, Lord. So powerful, Lord. And then Jesus looked face to face. This is what the text says. He looked at Simon Peter, and I think he probably said something like this. Simon, would you like to put into practice everything you've been saying amen to for the last hour or so? That's what happens in our lives. We come together in a great worship service like this and we hear songs about faith and we dance and we lift our hands and we shout and we hear a message about faith and then the very next day the Holy Spirit comes and says, I'm going to give you an opportunity to put all this into practice this week. Peter said, well, Lord, what do you mean? And Jesus said, well, here's what I want you to do. Looking looking at him in the face, proston simon in the Greek New Testament means face to face with Simon. In other words, it became very personal. And I can see Jesus smiling at him and saying, Simon, here's what I want you to do. You believe everything you've just heard, right, Simon? Oh, yes, Lord. Then here's what I want you to do. I want you to launch way out there into the deep. And I want you to take all of these nets, plural. Is that what the Bible says? I want you to take all these nets that you've been washing and mending. And I want you to launch out into the deep and let down all your, say it, nets. And Simon, if you will trust me and obey me and faith me, then Simon, you will get the greatest catch of fish that you have ever experienced in your life. Can I tell you something about faith? Faith always begins with a word from God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. In other words, listen to me very carefully. God speaks to our spirit. And by the way, in case you don't know this, God still speaks today. Amen. He speaks to us. We hear his voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and they know it, and they follow me. So God speaks. Now, God speaks in many different ways. Sometimes God speaks through visions and dreams. Amen. He does that today. Sometimes God speaks through wise counsel. God will speak through a trusted friend. God will speak through a pastor that you love. Men, most of the time, God speaks to us through our wives. 
Let me just tell you the dumbest decision. I've had more trouble in my life when I did not listen to the wise counsel of my wife. I'd say, honey, I'm thinking about doing this. And she'd say, well, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. And I would say, well, I'm the man. God put me in charge. And, of course, it was a bad decision. And I've been hearing about it the last 30 years. I mean, you know, when we don't listen to the wise counsel, your parents, listen, young people, listen to your mom and dad. They love you. They would give their lives for you. So when they say, son, that's not a good idea, you need to listen. I had a kid in my youth group when I was a pastor. He came to me one day and he said, I'm tired of people telling me what to do. He said, nobody's going to tell me what to do. He said, my, he called his dad his old man. Some of you grandmas need to load up. We need to give some these kids a drive-by whooping. Amen? He said, my old man's not going to tell me what to do anymore. He said, my mom's not going to tell me. He said, my coach is not going to tell me. He said, they're not going to tell me what to do in school anymore. Nobody's going to tell me what to do anymore. He looked at me and he said, Pastor, you're not even going to tell me what to do because tomorrow I'm going to get up and I'm going to join the army. And nobody's going to tell me what to do. I mean... His cheese had slid off his cracker. Amen. Some of you will get that about 2 o'clock this afternoon. But God speaks to us through our parents. God speaks to us through prophetic voices. Through gifts of the Spirit. Words of knowledge. Words of wisdom. Tongues and interpretation of tongues. But do you know the primary way that God speaks to us is in this book right here. And that's why this year I want to challenge you to take time every day and open up your Bible and say, Holy Spirit, speak to my heart today. Amen. I'm not just talking about reading to get information. There's nothing wrong with knowing all the stories in the Bible and understanding and studying. I'm a theology professor. And uh, one of my friends told me not long ago, Scott, you've got more degrees than a thermometer. (laughs) And I said, well, I have a lot of degrees, but I'm just praying I still have temperature. Amen. Because a lot of people have a lot of degrees, but no temperature. And I believe in studying the Bible. But I think we need to let the Bible study us. And let the Bible read us. So that it becomes more than just a history book. Or a theology book. Or a book of stories. More than black ink on white paper. God speaks to us. And gives us direction as we read the word of God. And pray as we read the Bible. I'm not just talking about getting up and grabbing some verse. I'm not talking about a verse that you grab. I'm talking about a verse that grabs you. Amen. So that you know, oh, this is God speaking to me. That's how faith begins. 
Peter, launch out into the deep and let down all your, say it, nets. Is that singular or plural? It's plural. Let down all your nets for a catch. And can I tell you something about God speaking to you? Most of the time, when God speaks to you, what he says to you will be so far beyond anything that you ever were able to comprehend and understand that it will take a miracle. It will seem impossible when God speaks to you. Amen. That's how you know it's God. Because it's bigger than what you can figure out. It's bigger than what you can put together. As a matter of fact, sometimes God tells us to do things that do not make any sense to us at all in the natural. Amen. Go to that person that's hurt you and abused you. And tell them I forgive you in Jesus' name. And if you'll do that, I'll heal your sick body. But Lord, I don't want to do that. I don't want to release that bitterness. God says then you'll never really experience the breakthrough if you don't obey me. Amen. Peter, launch out into the deep and let down all the nets for a catch. And did you see what Peter did? Peter said, now Lord, uh, you're the greatest preacher. That I've ever heard. No one has the insight. No one can teach and preach like you, Jesus. But Lord, can I explain something to you? Have you ever tried to explain the situation to the Lord that you're in? Has it ever occurred to you that nothing ever occurs to him? He knows it all. Amen. He just wants you to obey him. Even when it seems unreasonable. Lord, you're a great teacher, but Lord, let me just remind you that your earthly father, Joseph, he was a carpenter. And he was one of the finest carpenters in all of Nazareth. And his father was a carpenter and his father and all the way back. And I know you grew up in that carpenter shop and you know a lot about carpentry. But Jesus, can I just tell you that I'm a fisherman. My brother Andrew is a fisherman. Our father was a fisherman. His father, all the way back, we've grown up on this seashore. And we know everything there is to know about fishing. And see here, Lord, here's the problem. Here, here's what I'm struggling with, Lord. You see, you see that hot sun in the middle of the sky? That hot sun drives those fish to the bottom. And it's impossible to catch those fish during the day. And you see, Lord, that's why we wait until the night when the fish come up to feed and it's cool. And then we get our nets and we scoop those fish up. See, Lord, we know how to fish. And besides all that, Lord, we have already fished all night and we didn't catch a cold. We didn't catch anything. Matter of fact, Lord, I don't even think there's any fish left in that whole sea out there because I haven't been able to catch anything. You know, it's a good thing the Lord called Peter out of the fishing business into the ministry because Peter was going broke in the fishing business. Amen. He never caught anything. (laughs) 
See, when God speaks to you, sometimes it doesn't make any sense. Three years ago, God told my wife and I, sell everything you have. Sell your big house you've been living in for 20 years, you raised your kids in. Swimming pool in the backyard, sell all your cars. You know, I had friends and family members who thought we were crazy. They said, you've lost your mind. I said, you're right. I've lost my mind so that I could have the mind of Christ. Amen. The Lord said, sell everything. What we have is in a little storage unit in Texas. Sell everything you have and move to Africa and live there with those people. And go to the north where 9 out of 10 are Muslim and 5% are traditionalists. That means they practice juju and witchcraft. And only 5% are Christians of any denomination. And I want you to go there and spend your life reaching those people with the gospel. And I called one of my missions professors that I have. He's a mentor. He taught me missions and evangelism. And I said, Doc, guess what? Jesus told me to sell everything at our age. You know, I'll be 62 in April. And a lot of people my age, they start thinking through retirement. Listen, I don't want to retire. I want to refire. Amen. I mean, I'm just now getting started. I said, I'm selling everything. Gene and I are moving to Africa. And he said, why would you do that? I said, well, I'm just trying to do what you taught me to do in class all those years ago. I thought you'd be so happy. And he said, yeah, but you know at your age. And he said, you have grandchildren now. And your grandchildren need to grow up around you. And I said, I want to tell you what my grandkids need. They need to know they have a grandfather and a grandmother who love Jesus more than anything in the world and who are willing to obey Jesus. That's what they need. Some of our family thought we were crazy. One of them said, are you going to go over there with those Muslims? I said, man, those people are dangerous. I said, you can't even go to the mall in the United States without worrying about getting shot. I mean, it's more dangerous over here. The safest place is to be in the center of the will of God for your life. He said, what if you go over there and they kill you and you don't come back? I said, Jesus didn't say anything about coming back. He just said, go. He said, go and I'll be with you. Amen. Didn't make any sense in the natural. That's the gospel. Moses is there with the people of God. They're fresh out of slavery and they're standing at the seashore just like Jesus was. They're standing there on the seashore, the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army is coming behind them. They're not coming to give them a going away party. They're coming to kill them. 
the people began to murmur, and what are we going to do? Why didn't we just stay in Egypt? And there was no time. You know, most of us, most of our churches, if we ever believe God enough to move out, and the first crisis we face, we get in a panic. How are we going to pay for it? Moses didn't have time to form a bunch of committees so that they could study how much it would take to build a bridge all the way across the Red Sea or build some boats. And and the Lord said, what's in your hand? And Moses said, it's a sign of your authority that you've given me. And God said, just raise it up in the air and my spirit will blow this sea in two and you'll walk across on dry land and you'll never have to worry about Pharaoh ever again. Oh, you're clapping and shouting, but just wait till God tells you to do something. (laughs) Gina and I started a church in a living room, and our church began to grow and grow and grow, and we had to build a building. And the Lord said, take every dime out of every bank account you have and give it all. I said, Lord, can we give half? He said, give it all, and I'll bless you. Forgive someone. Give something. Launch out into the deep. And so the Lord speaks, and it brings us to a crisis of belief doesn't it? Am I going to obey God? I know God has spoken. I know it's not the devil telling me to sell everything and move to Africa and preach that. That's not the devil. I would have never thought about this. The Lord told you to do. You know what God has told you to do. And now you're at a crisis of belief. It's almost as if the Lord has tapped you on the shoulder and invited you to dance. But he wants to take the lead. And he's inviting you. Like he invited all the people in the Bible. All of the people in the Bible were people, Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith. By faith, Noah built a big boat for a flood and it had never even rained before by faith Rahab hid the spies because she believed that God's power would knock the walls of the city of Jerusalem down flat God speaks to us and it doesn't make any sense in the natural but we know it's God and we have to make a decision now here's what Peter did Peter said, Lord, we fished all night. We haven't caught anything. Nevertheless, in verse 5, at your word, and that word is not logos, it's rhema. It's a personal word. It's a revelatory word. When God speaks to you, you know it's God. God's calling you some out of addiction. You know God has spoken to you. God's calling you to salvation. But you're in a crisis of belief. How can I let go of my old life? It's not much, but at least I feel like I'm in control. Can I tell you, you're not in control of anything. If you'll let 
go of your life, you'll find out what it really means to live. And Peter said, nevertheless, Lord, at your word, but look what he says, I will let down the, what does it say? Is that singular or plural? What did Jesus tell Peter to do? Let down all the... What did Peter do? He said, well, I'll tell you what, Lord. Let's bargain. I really don't believe anything's going to happen, but since you're Jesus and I want to be around you, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let down a net. Peter obeyed, but there were question marks. There were reservations. Can I tell you that delayed obedience is disobedience? And that partial obedience is disobedience? And that disobedience is doing what you're told to do when you're told to do it with a right heart attitude. Amen. But Peter didn't do that. He launched down and he took one net, probably the smallest one he had, and he threw it out there. And when he did, the Bible says they enclosed a great multitude of fish, so many fish that the net broke, and then the boat began to sink, and Peter called to his friends, hey, come help us. And they put their nets out, and both boats got full, and both boats began to sink, and when they finally got it all to the shore, Peter said, praise God, this is the greatest catch I've ever had. We're going to take it to the market, and we're going to get the biggest pay day we've ever had. Is that what your Bible says? If that's what your Bible says, throw it away and get another one because that's not what the Bible said. It says, and when Peter saw it, he fell down on his knees and he said, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Lord, I, I didn't really believe you. Lord, I didn't really obey you. And I think what Peter was saying was, Jesus, you're going to have to find somebody else. Because if I can't even obey you in this simple matter of fishing for fish, how will I be able to obey you and give my life to fish for men? Lord, I can't do it. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever failed God? Come on, all the honest people in the have you ever failed God? Has God ever told you to do something and you just kind of did it? You said, well, I'll forgive him in my heart. In my heart. But Jesus said, no, you go to him. Face to face. Well, I kind of obeyed my parents. And we rationalize and justify or we blame other people for our own disobedience. Peter fell down at Jesus' feet and said, Lord, I'm... he came to a point of real repentance. And I got good news for you. Just because you fail, your past Failures do not have to determine your future faith and your future walk with God. Amen. Because look what Jesus said. And the Bible says, and Jesus looked down at him in verse number 10. He said, fear not. Say it out loud. Fear not. Say it out loud. Fear not. Fear is the dark room where our doubts are developed. 
And the Lord is saying, I don't care that you have failed me. I don't care that you didn't but partially obey me. If you will trust me, fear not. From now on, I'm going to use this in your life to teach you something. Our failures do not have to define us. Amen. Amen. God never gives up on us. When I was young, I played football. I mean American football. And I ran with the ball. But I had a tendency to fumble the ball. But thank God I had a coach who did not kick me off the team just because I fumbled the ball. And the Lord will not kick you off the team because of your failure. He'll say, fear not, get up, get up, come back to the huddle. We're going to run it again until we get it right. Fear not, from now on you will fish for men. And when they brought their ships to the land, they forsook all and they followed Jesus. Amen. Amen. This wouldn't be the last time Peter failed Jesus. You remember this big tough guy? The big fisherman. Jesus said, I'm going to go to the city of Jerusalem. I'm going to be betrayed. They're going to beat me. They're going to crucify me. And then three days later, I'm going to rise from the dead. And Peter said, that's not going to happen to you, Lord. Took out a pocket knife and tried to fight off a whole group of Roman soldiers. Jesus said, put that away. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. And then Peter, when they did come to arrest Jesus, all these big fishermen, they all ran and hid. And Peter wanted to find out because he really did love Jesus. So he began to follow from afar, the Bible says. He wanted to keep one eye on Jesus to find out what was going to happen, but he was concerned about his own safety. And so he was warming himself by a fire trying to see, what are they going to do with Jesus? And a little girl came up. Do you remember? She said, you're one of his followers. I saw you in the marketplace. And what an opportunity Peter had to say, you're right. I am one of his followers, and I'm not ashamed. And they might crucify him, but he told us he'll rise from the dead. But Peter didn't do that. He said, I don't know who, what you're talking about. And then he moved over to another place in the fire, and he was warming himself. And this time the girl came back, and she brought one of her friends. And she said, no, she saw you too. We both saw you. You were following him. You're one of his followers. Who is he? Why is all this commotion? And Peter said, I don't know. Don't bother me anymore. And he moved over, and this time they came back, and they said, we know you're a follower of him because you have that same accent from Galilee. You talk just like him. And Peter said, damn it. I told you I don't know him. And when he did, the rooster crowed. And once again, Peter went out and fell on his knees and wept bitterly. But Jesus didn't give up on Peter, and he's not going to give up on you. Because on the day of Pentecost, that big fisherman stood up full of the Holy Ghost. And this time, when he cast the gospel net into a sea of humanity, when he drew in the net, there were 3,000 souls in that net. The Lord's not going to give up on you. The Lord's giving you a new year. Come on, somebody. Amen. 
You might not have obeyed the Lord fully in 2023, but this is a new year. It's a new opportunity to say, Lord, I'm going to let down all the nets, and I'm going to trust you. You know, even Jesus, in his humanity, in his incarnation, that's who Jesus was. You see, Jesus is God who became carne, Latin flesh. He became flesh. God became a man in the person of Jesus. And while he never ceased to be God, he did lay aside the external prerogatives of his deity. In other words, it'd be like a billionaire. Stripping himself of all of his riches and all of his wealth. He remains a billionaire, but he puts on the street garments of a homeless person so that he can go out and love the homeless and relate to them. That's what Jesus did for us. And though he never ceased to be God, he never used the external prerogatives of deity during his time of the incarnation. He learned... You know what Jesus did? He walked by faith as a man full of the Holy Ghost. And he said, I only do the things I see my father do. I only do what my father tells me to do, you see. And even in his darkest moment, Jesus was brought to a crisis of belief. You remember in the Garden of Gethsemane? You remember when Jesus saw the cup? And the father lifted that cup to the lips of Jesus and said, Son, I want you to drink this cup. And Jesus said, Father, is there any other way? Is there any other way to save that 17-year-old drug addict, alcoholic, junkie in a jail cell in Texas looking at five years in the penitentiary because his life is so, is there any other way to save that young man? Is there any other way? And father said, now son, we've already decided this is my will. And Jesus, the man, Jesus said, then I'll drink the cup. And he knew that there was suffering in that cup. Because Jesus grew up in Galilee and there were a lot of Romans there. And Jesus grew up in a carpenter shop. And one of the things carpenters did in that part of the world in that day was make crosses for the Roman legions. And Jesus had seen people crucified all of his life. He saw the blood splatter. He saw a crown of thorns coming. He saw them spitting on him and disfiguring him and ripping his beard out by the roots and driving nails through his hands and feet. Jesus saw there was suffering in the cup. He saw there was shame in the cup when they stripped him naked. The most dehumanizing act that could ever be done to a Middle Eastern man until this very day. For a Middle Eastern man to be there in public, humiliated, naked, was a shameful thing. He knew that his own disciples who said, we'll follow you. Now the crowd who said, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now they were saying, crucify him. And his own disciples had scattered in fear for their life. And there was no one at the foot of the cross but some women and a teenage boy named John who stayed faithful. Where did all the crowds, where did all the miracle seekers go? None of them were there. And Jesus knew that was in the cup. He knew there was shame in the cup. He knew there was sin in the cup. He knew that on the cross, he who knew no sin would be made sin for us. All of our sins. 
How many have ever lied? Let me see your hand. You've ever told a lie? Let me, you're lying right now. Put your hand up. Amen. I mean, every one of us are liars. Amen. How many have ever stolen anything before? Let me see your hand. You've ever taken anything that didn't belong? Come on. Uh-huh. Pastor, you got a church full of liars and thieves. You know what your problem is? Same problem I have. All have sinned. But there was one who never sinned. But he knew that if he drank the cup, he would go to the cross, and for the first time, he would take our sins upon himself as if they were his sins. He took personal responsibility. The one who knew no sin became sin for us. He took all of my sin and your sin upon himself, and he knew there was separation in the cup. That's why he cried out on the cross, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God. My God to the Father. My God to the Holy Spirit. And for the first time in all of eternity, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit were separated when Jesus hung on the cross. And God the Father turned his back on his own son and devil darkness came up out of hell and demons were dancing around saying, come down, come down. If you're the son of God, come down. But if Jesus would have come down from the cross, listen, all of us would be hopeless. Amen. Nails didn't keep him on the cross, man. His love for you kept him on the cross. And he did all that by faith. You say, what do you mean? Well, Jesus knew the Bible. He knew the Old Testament. He knew Psalm 2. He knew Psalm 16. He knew Psalm 110. He knew that even though he committed himself to the grave, the Father would not leave him in the grave. But the Father would raise him up from the dead and say, this is my beloved son. Today I have begotten him. And so Jesus let all the sin and all the separation and everything come upon him. And he stood tough through it all and then they put him in a borrowed grave it was a borrowed grave because Jesus knew he wasn't going to need it long and three days later the stone was rolled away and the tomb was empty and Jesus is alive he's alive he's alive because he trusted his father Woo! hallelujah and he's still calling people. Yeah. He launched out into the deep. Let down all the nets. Gina and I quit tithing years ago. We quit tithing years ago. We, everything we have belongs to Jesus. I would never just think of giving 10%. I've given my whole life. Some of you are so tight, you squeeze the nickel to the buffalo grunts. Amen. I mean, you got cirrhosis of the giver. Amen. I mean, you just come say amen, saying, I surrender all. You don't even surrender 10%. Won't you get out on the cutting edge? Won't you launch out into the deep and let down, say it, all the nets? And if you'll do that, God will give you a net breaking, boat sinking miracle in your life that the only way you can explain it is Jesus did it. Amen. 
Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed all over this place. Oh, I ask you a question at the very beginning of this message. How many of you need a miracle from the Lord? If that's you, get up out of your seat. Come find a place you can kneel across the front. Come on right now. Let's get on our knees if we're able. Come on from all over this place. You need a miracle. Come on. Let's give it to Jesus. Nothing's too big for him. Nothing's too hard for him. Nothing's impossible with him. Just a matter of your obedience. Just a matter of you coming to the point where you're willing to fall on your knees and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm telling you, some of you need to do that right now. Lord, I'm sorry that I did not obey you fully. But Lord, when I get up off my knees, by your grace, in the power of the Holy Spirit and for your glory, I will obey you. I will follow you, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Oh, it's so easy to say you love Jesus in America. Pastor's been to Nigeria in the northern part not long ago before we left to come back to the United States. There were a group of 500 people. They were in their church worshiping God. Some radical Muslims came, barricaded all the doors and windows, set the building on fire. And all those beautiful black brothers and sisters from the northern part of Nigeria who said, Jesus, I'll let down all the nets. They went to heaven singing, I'll surrender all. I surrender all, Jesus. I think that's what we're saying right now on our knees to the Lord. Would you just lift your hands? And come on, Imran, sing it. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to Jesus. This year, I'm going to surrender it all. Surrender all to you. I freely give. I will ever love and trust him. I will ever love and trust him. In his presence daily live. Now, come on, lift your hands and sing it, church. I surrender all. Jesus, I surrender all. I surrender. I surrender all. To Thee, my I had migraine headaches for years. I might have told you this story. The kind that put me in bed for two or three days at a time. They said, well, there's not a lot. It's, it's genetic, and we can give you a little medicine, but it, this, this is going to be the rest of your life. The Holy Spirit convicted me that I had bitterness toward my mama. My mama was a prostitute. I saw my mama all my life with one man after another. I have half-sisters. We never had the same dad. I saw that. I was bitter. Even after I got saved, I struggled with that bitterness. And the Lord said, if you'll forgive your mama, and if you'll go meet with her and tell her, I forgive you, I'll heal you of those migraine headaches. 
I did and he did. That was over 30 years ago now. Very seldom do I ever have any problem with that. God might be waiting on your obedience before you can have a breakthrough in your life. If the Lord spoke to you about something right now, would you be willing? You know, God's people struggle. We all struggle. Life is is a struggle. But I think some of us add to our own burden when we don't obey the Lord. It's impossible for God to bless us financially if we're not being obedient to Him. So I want to challenge you. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And when he speaks to you, just say, Jesus, I surrender all. I will let down the nets. I'll launch out into the deep. I will obey you. I will forgive that person. my, My whole life will be committed to you. Man, don't sing this song as a lie. It'd be better to just not even sing this song than to sing it and not really mean it. It's an invitation to say, Lord, I'm giving you everything. Sing the chorus, Imran. Come on. If you mean it, sing it. Lord, I'm going to obey you. listen to me very carefully. Every young person in the balcony, I don't want anybody moving around. I don't want you to leave. If you leave and go get in your car and start driving home, I'm going to pray God to blow the transmission right out of your car. I want you to listen. Young person, quit talking to the person around you. I don't ever want to take it for granted that just because we're at church, in January on a cold Sunday morning that everybody in this room really knows Jesus. You can grow up in church. Your mom and dad can be strong Christians. Jesus can be all around you but not in you. You can be a member of a church. You can die and go to hell with a communion wafer stuck in your throat. Being a church member doesn't get you to heaven. You've got to receive Christ. And I want to give you an opportunity to do what I've seen hundreds of thousands of people face-to-face do all over the world in the last 40 years of my life. I want to give you an opportunity to say, Jesus, I don't understand it all. I don't even really know what all this fully means for my future, but I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I see you, Lord Jesus, as the way, the truth, the life, the Son of God who died on the cross for me and rose from the dead. And one day every knee is going to bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. God gives you an opportunity to do it now, but you'll do it one way or the other. You can do it now and He'll be your Savior. If you do it then, He'll be your judge. And I'm inviting you to say, yes, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. And I want to voice a prayer. Those of you watching by television, watching over the Internet, you don't know Jesus. You know about Jesus, but you don't really know Jesus. 
One of the ways you know you don't know him is if you never hear him speak to you. If you never heard the Lord speak to you, that means you're not his child because he speaks to his children. And we know it's him. And we follow him. Might not follow him perfectly, but there's a desire we have to follow and please the Lord because of what he did for us. So I want to give you an opportunity to come to Christ right now. You say, Scott, what do I do? Call on the name of the Lord. Bible says whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved from hell, saved to heaven, given a brand new life. You know, when Jesus hung on the cross, you know what he was really doing? He was letting down all the nets. On the cross, Jesus let down all the nets so that he could catch you. He's calling you this morning. He died for you. And if you want Christ in your life, pray this out loud from your heart. And I want everyone to pray. Say, Jesus, I believe. I believe that you are the Son of God. That you are the Son of God. The only way to God. The only way to God. That you died for my sins. That you died for my sins. That you were buried. That you were buried. And that you rose from the dead. And that you rose from the dead. I don't understand it all. I don't understand. But I know it's true in my heart. But I know it's true in my heart. And so Jesus today. So Jesus today. With everything in me. Everything. By your grace, by your grace, with your help, with your help, I turn from my old life, I turn from my old and I give you my heart. And I give you my heart. Come into my life, Jesus. Come into my life. Jesus. I feel dead on the inside. I need you to make me alive. Save me from myself. Save me from my sin. And Jesus, from this day on, I want to follow you. I want to live for you. And I really mean it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now heads are bowed, eyes are closed, Christians are praying. Is there anybody up in that balcony on this main floor? You might even be kneeling here. You just felt something pull you. But is there anybody in this room who prayed that simple prayer with me today? Maybe for the first time in your life it all clicked and you really understood. Man, Jesus died for me. I have to make a decision. He's calling me. You heard his voice and you've responded. You prayed with me. Or maybe it's been a long time, first time in a long time because you've gotten so far away. I witnessed to a young man from the Caribbean at Starbucks yesterday morning. And he was cursing and trying to hit on all the women in Starbucks. And I said, Jesus told me to tell you that if you will begin to serve him like your mother taught you. And when I said your mother, tears came to his eyes. I said, God will meet every need. And he said, how did you know? Why did you come to me? I said, the Holy Spirit told me to come. He took me by the hand and began to weep. God has spoken to you today. Is there anybody in this room that prayed that simple prayer with me to say yes to Christ? If that's you, I want you to look up and let your eyes meet mine wherever you are. Praise God. Praise God, young man. Praise God, young lady. Praise God, buddy. Praise God. You know what I want you to do? If you're serious about this, get up. Stand up wherever you are. Stand up if you're serious. If you're not serious, stay seated. But if you're serious, stand up. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. Now, I want you to, can you give these folks room? I want you to come right here, right now. Everybody that stood up, come here right now. 
Come here right now. Sing, I surrender all. As they come, 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 come. Let them 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 come. Come on, sing. Let's all stand together, church. Let's all stand together. Come on from the balcony. Jesus is calling you. One more time for someone who needs to come. Come. that's come to say yes to Christ. Are you serious? You're serious. See, being a Christian is not easy. Matter of fact, it's, it's hard. Matter of fact, it's impossible for you to do by yourself, but the Lord's going to help you. You don't have to do it by yourself. You don't have to say, well, I'm worried. What if I fail? Well, you, you will fail, but the Lord won't kick you off the team. He'll pick you up, and we'll pick you up. Amen? Church? Amen? With that, we're here for you. See, Christianity, church is not a country club with a steeple on top. It's a family. And we're never going to let you go. We're never, the Lord's not going to let you go. And we're not going to let you go. And this is the beginning of a new life for you. Welcome to Jesus. Welcome to forgiveness. What's your name? Rich. Is it Ricky? Is it? It's Richard. All right. I love you, Richard. God bless you. You're my brother in Christ. I think this is a young man we've been praying for. And I think maybe we have some, some things in common. I've been praying for you. I love you. The Lord bless you. Everybody that's come to say yes to Christ, lift your hand. Lift your hand. Say, Jesus, I'm yours. All of me, not half of me. I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to run from you. I'm not going to hide from you. I'm giving you my life. And from this day on, I want to follow you. Mm. Help me to be a witness of what you've done in my life. Help me to tell others. Help me to follow you, no matter what it costs. And Jesus, I can't wait to see you face to face, to fall down at your feet and just say thank you. Come on, just say thank you, Lord for what you've done for me in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a shout of praise? Amen, Pastor. Pastor is going to give you some instruction because this is the beginning of a new life. So, Pastor, help them, my friends, today. I love you, church. God bless you. Amen. Let's give Pastor, let's give Dr. Scott Camp a round of applause. Thank you so much. One of the first things I want those who accepted the Lord, make this week a fasting and prayer week. Come out to the evenings at 7 to 8. 
And I want to tell you, welcome to God's kingdom. I want to tell you that welcome to God's kingdom. Welcome to a new life in Christ. If you don't have a New Testament, if you don't have a Bible, we want to give it to you. I want you to register with us to connect with our Bible studies. And we want to grow you in the Lord. And we want to connect with you. So after this service, can write your name out for the connect group. The registration is in the lobby. And I also want you to also say this week, the week we meet with in the connect group for the Bible study, Sunday afternoon, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Which one of those days you cannot make it? Not mean make it. You cannot log on to a Zoom. Any of those days, or you just leave it. I can do it all. Because the day that you can't log on is the day they will not put you in a group. They'll put you in another group. So if you says, I can't log on Tuesday evening, I, then they will maybe put you Wednesday or Monday. So just say the day you cannot log on. Would you put your hands up in the air? Close your eyes. Say, thank you, Lord, for accepting me into the kingdom. I'll never be the same. Today marks a new day in my life. I release everything to you. All my anxiety, all my worry, all my stress, all the unforgiveness that I've carried in my life. I release it to you. And you have forgiven me now. I'm free at last. Come on, put your hands together and thank God. You may go back to your seat. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. We want to give to God. Don't leave. You know, I went to one church one time. You know what they did? They shut the doors closed when we're giving. And I said, I want to, I, I need to go. My family's waiting. The ushers told me I can't go. I said, I'm not coming back to that church. So if you... What I'm saying is that we don't shut the door when we pick up the offering. But we want you all to give to God. Amen. Before we start the offering, before we start the offering, is there anyone here who we did not get? Who is visiting with us for the first time or the second time? We did it early in the service. You were not here to stand. Is there anyone who we miss? You're here for the first or second time. Would you stand? Would you stand? First or second time, we caught everybody? All right, that's wonderful. That's wonderful, amen. What a great crowd, amen. Even Dr. Scott Kemp was asking me, he says, you think the, the, you think the weather is going to stop some people? I says, well, we don't know. Let's see what's going to happen. A great crowd. Give yourself a round of applause, amen. So uh, we have a, one more announcement. Next Sunday afternoon, we have different ministries. Women of Word, W-O-W, put that up there. The women of Word uh, are going to have, uh, this is for like 18, 19, right on to like 30, 35 years into that category. Uh, young ladies are meeting next Sunday afternoon at 5 o'clock upstairs. And they're going to have uh, pizza, paint, and praise him. Sister... Uh, um, Victoria Caetano leads that group, 
And uh, if you'd like to know more, you can ask the front desk or anything. But uh, there is a telephone number there. You can call 347-639-4008. 347-639-4008. So young women are invited to that next Sunday afternoon. I want you to give unto God. Let's put up the flyers this year. Uh, there are three, of course, there are three ways of giving. You can go to our Liberty Church website. You can go to Cash App, Liberty CH. Or today, you take an envelope and give to God. We're still in the January overflow. Somebody say overflow. Tell your neighbor overflow. Tell your neighbor first fruits. We're still in the January regarding how we can give to God. Suggested giving. Aside from your tithes and offering, your tithes and offer tithes is 10% of your income. You can give as a first fruits, 2024. That's for the year 2024. Or you take a zero off and you give 224. Or you take a two off and you give a 24. Those are suggested givings to God. If you're ready to give, stand with your offering and lift it before God. My dad is going to come. He's going to say a few comments and finish us off in a while. Amen. Lift your offering to God. Amen. Everyone in the balcony, everyone here, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you one of these nights, 7 to 8 o'clock during this week. It'll be awesome. And then the following week, Wednesday night will be awesome. This Sunday morning, next week, come for a great time. You lift your offering before God. Say, this is what God has given me. This is what God has given me. I return it to Him. I return it to Him. With a willing heart. With a willing heart. May it go forth. May it go forth. To expand the kingdom of God. To expand the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus. Jesus name. You sound well. The, the men of God and the ushers are coming around. Sing a song. Dad, come on up. Blessed be your name. In the land that is plentiful. With streams of abundance flow, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, but I'm found in the desert place. Do I walk through the wilderness? Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn when the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. All right. Stretch your hands to Dr. Scott. Father, we pray that the power of God will be upon him and his wife. Yes, as Lord. they go back to Ghana. Go yes. with your mercies. Go with your protection. Yes, Lord. And may he touch many souls Amen. in yes. that nation. Continue to make him and his wife a great blessing. Amen. As they expand the kingdom. In the name of Jesus, somebody shout amen. 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 Weren't we happy to hear this great message this morning? Come on, give God praise. Thank you so much.
for the great message. Dad, you finish us off. Amen. Amen. Remember, if you need your letter, put it on the uh, front desk. Say, I want, or text us. I mean, or, sorry, email us and say, I need that. We want to get you who need it right away. We want to get it quickly to you, and then the rest can follow. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank God for Dr. Scott. Amen. Speaking on the topic, cup of sin, cup of suffering, cup of separation, cup of surrender. All right? So I'm glad that I'm going to use it one of these good days, my brother. <laughs> Preach it. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we thank you for this morning for a great message. Amen. And for your presence. Thank you for the songs and praises. I pray, Lord, right now that if there's any healing to be done, oh God, you're touching them from the crown of the head to the sole of their feet. Thank you for, oh God, for surrendering all. And oh God, I pray, thank you that we can be able to give uh, ourselves to serving you and live for you for this week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a nice week. See you tomorrow night. God, God bless you. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful. Streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. And I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name.